You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Essential Apple. And I have to say, it feels like it's been an age since uh, we did one, because uh, we did the meandering madness, which was uh, very meandering and rather mad, and went on for a very, very long time. Um, I cut a huge amount out of that, I can assure you, um, and it was still two hours long. Um, and then, of course, we had uh, uh, a week off, because none of us... <laughs> <laughs> None of us could face it um, after that. And then uh, we had the show with uh, Melissa and Elisa from uh, Geekiest Show Ever, which, of course, was last week featuring chainmail bikinis. Um, don't Google that. You will get some very interesting images. <laughs> there we are. Uh, and I'm joined this week by uh, Steve from Geek's Corner. Hello, Steve. Hello, everybody. And I'm joined, as usual, by Nick. Hello, Nick. Hello, Simon. Yeah, my after that, that marathon we did, my mouth wouldn't work for a week afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Very, uh, very, uh, we went on a long, long time. Got a bit carried away. There we go. Never mind. And wandered off down all sorts of uh, strange byways, which didn't make it into the show. There we are. That doesn't really matter, does it? Um. So... Been a strange week this week. Uh, on the surface, there was very little news, really, um, until you start digging. And then there turns out there was quite a lot of Apple news, really. Uh, the biggest one of all, of course, being that um, the Fortnite trial went into its final week. Um, uh, Craig Federighi and Phil Schiller and uh, even Uncle Tim himself uh, had to take the stand and be grilled. Um Craig was, uh, you know, as slick as ever, I believe. Uh, Phil Schiller, of course, is uh, always, you know, on message. But um, in a sort of surprise turn, at the end of Tim Cook's um, bout on the stand, which is the, you know, the very last witness, um, the judge asked him some fairly pointed questions. And surprisingly, Tim was actually quite frank really and uh didn't really deny that the reason that uh apple charge a percentage on in-app purchases is because that's how we make our money um almost with a what do you want us to do give it away so um interesting turn there um it seems that the judge um is mostly interested from the questions she's asked uh in things relating to the you know, the cut of in-app purchases, um, the anti-steering rules, which are the things which prevent uh, developers from saying you can also sign up, you know, via my website or, um, you know, you can buy your V-Bucks somewhere else other than through the um, iOS app. Um, and she seems pretty convinced that, you know, gamers are getting a slightly raw deal. Um, could be that she's going to suggest uh, what we all agreed was probably, you know, would be the fairest thing, which is for Apple not to be allowed to forbid people 
from doing that and leave the rest of it alone. But we won't know. We won't know. Um, if you're interested in hearing more about that in a, a lot more depth, I suggest you go and uh, dig out this week's Vergecast. Um, there's two parts to it. There's a part about Google I.O. And then there's a second episode, which is about um, about the epic Fortnite trial. Um, and they cover it in, you know, they've been following it much more closely than I have. To be honest, I've barely followed it at all. But um, there we go. Uh, what do you boys, you know, what do you boys think? Have you followed it at all? Or are you like me, just kind of waiting for the for the sort of juicy tidbits to come out? Uh, I've been following some of it on Twitter. I've been live tweeting uh, some of it, and I've been just catching up on the Verge really because they do quite a good roundup of it. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of fluff on the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't, uh, I haven't really been looking into it, following it at all. But I can guess what the arguments all are. I mean, you can, you only have to put yourself in the place of the games makers, and and it's easy to see where they're coming from in many ways. But at the same time, if you put yourself in Apple's position, you can quite easily see their point of view as well. Um, so I, I don't envy the judge really having to make some kind of um, ruling on this because it's, it's not straightforward, is it? It's not, not straightforward It's at all. not. And, you know, we all know whoever wins and whatever the judge rules, it will get appealed. And then it will probably oh, get Oh, probably. Appealed. And then it will probably get appealed yeah. again and so on. So... This is going to run and run, to be honest. But the um... yes, because if if she if she's quite stringent, then Apple will appeal, and if she's quite lenient, then Epic will appeal. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, um, it is a difficult one. And the thing is, I've I'm trying not to be biased because I've got no I've got no real sympathy with Epic for some of the arguments they've put forward because we know they brought you know, being kicked out of the app store and whatnot, down on themselves. Um, yeah. And, and, for, and from what I can gather of the of some of the earlier conversations, I mean, some of the examples they're brought in are just completely irrelevant. Yeah. It's, it's, a little bit, it's a little bit like giving a reason for something, but talking about some other circumstance that has nothing to do with the app store. Interestingly, on the, on the Vergecast, they were saying because this is likely to go to, you know, several appellant courts after, um, you're yeah. not allowed to introduce any new evidence. So they're suggesting that their legal team may have attempted to jam in as many things as possible. Uh, truly, so they can come back to them. Whether truly relevant or not, so that if they, you know, they can bring it up during an appeal, should they want to. Um, right, but, possible. I mean, it, it, Epic don't seem to have put together a very good case. It's not very pointed at all. It seems to have meandered all over the shop. Whereas Apple, have, have, their defence has all been about security, privacy, and their right to um, retain control of their IP. Um, yeah, it's a little bit like a little bit like Epic have said, "We don't like Apple because they've been nasty to us." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Apple said, "I'm not playing with you anymore." <laughs> Just yeah. I, I, from what I have seen, which is not, I do get the impression that the judge is not particularly impressed with either side in this uh, whole back. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah. And, and, and it's almost, you know, it, if it was Judge Judy or something, it would be like, why don't you just both grow up and behave like grown-ups, you know? Yeah, yeah. it should pro yes, pro probably come along and say, look, I don't play any games, so I don't really care about this. <laughs> <laughs> How about I knock your yeah. heads together and tell you to go away and sort it out? 
Um, <laughs> but that's not that's not how the law works. Certainly not in the US, no. and certainly not when you come to antitrust. So, um, like It'll I say, be interesting to see. It will be interesting to see, as we suggested uh, when we talked about it before. You know, we all seem to feel that the best bet would be to remove the anti-steering policy or moderate it to some extent possibly um reduce the you know the the, the slice of in-app purchases that apple get to take um and that's you know anything other than that seems to be you know generally considered to be a bad thing you know allowing multiple app stores allowing side loading and all sorts of other yeah i'd be happy even if they just allowed other people to say look if you want to cut out the fee, go via the website and buy it that way. So that'll yeah. be a win, I think, as well. I, I, think, yeah. I think a lot of people do. Some people say they're happy to pay the, the fee because of what Apple provide for them. I mean, I think um, Snap, the CEO of Snap, said, you know, without iOS, our company wouldn't even exist. So <laughs> we're happy to pay it, I think. I I always think that it I always think that the problem is isn't it is is this is a digital store if it were a real store would you expect would you expect someone if you went in to buy some perfume for instance in a store and they said yes this perfume costs fifty pounds would you expect the person behind the counter to say and alternatively you can buy it for thirty five pounds in the store down the road yeah, yeah true, very that, true. Is true. <laughs> that is true that is true and so when you when you compare it with sort of um, you know real shopping as it were. I think uh, it doesn't really hold ground, does it? it no. I think the the main argument for that is for people like Netflix, where if you buy it through Netflix, you actually have to pay more than you do if you buy it directly from Netflix because they yes. actually jack the price up on iOS in order to right. um, recoup cover their costs. Yeah, Spotify the, the same yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like twelve ninety nine from Apple or nine ninety nine from them direct. Um, and is that hurting consumers? Um, mm, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. As I say, I can, I can. The trouble is, I can see both sides of this argument. I, I mean, I don't believe that a lot of what Epic said is is reasonable, no. in all honesty. But but there's some truth in what they're saying. Well, we we all know because what Epic are, are sort of trying to do, and have made it clear they want to do, is to set up their own sort of yes. store within the store um, and take the cut for themselves. So they're not really, yeah. you know, there's nothing very altruistic about what Epic are doing at all. Not at all. No, it's all, it's all, well, we know it's all about money. It's all about, yeah, they're having too much of our money. We want more of it. Yeah, yeah. which I, I think is why, you know, when the judge asked Tim Cook, he was, apparently that was quite a, you know, testy exchange. But he basically just went, look, that's how we make our money. You know? We're a business. That's how we make our money. And if we don't do it that way, we have to do it some other way. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so who who will know? So that's um anyway, I've got several links here. I've got uh, one to the Verge, uh one to Mac Rumors and uh one to Inc. Um uh Inc say Tim Cook made the most important sales pitch of his career and the judge wasn't buying it. Um I'm not sure that that's a hundred percent true, but you know, that's their opinion. Um there we are. Yeah, it was well, her, her job to ask the difficult questions. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. yeah, And I think, as they said on the Verge cast, um, you know, the judge clocked it immediately that this is the absolute core of the of the case, and everything else is peripheral. 
Um, yeah. You know, is is which is quite which is quite insightful, really. Yes, I mean, it? she's. Uh, yeah. I'd say that she's you know not been diverted by all the flim flam around it and said, well, this is the core. Are are Apple entitled to take a cut from running their store or not? Um, so we, that we will have to see. And apparently. Uh, Monday, the legal teams are being what is being dubbed hot tubbed, where they uh, will face the judge um, for sort of final question and answer sessions, um, and then there will be a judgment, hopefully by the middle of August, um, which seems a fair way off. But I guess there's three weeks worth of stuff that they've all got to go through. So you know, yeah, it'll take them that long to shred it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably there's um a lot of stuff. Uh there we are. So we'll move on from that now. Um surprised launch um this week of new public betas. Um fourteen point seven public beta one. Uh before fourteen point six Eden goes live to the public. Um oh. I had well, a... they'd... have they done that before? No. Uh, I think really. iOS eight did something very similar. But yeah. it was only by like a week or two, as I remember. But this one, I mean, the Gold Master. I got the Gold Master, uh, I don't know, about two days ago, I think, showed up on my phone. And then I looked again today because I saw some things about 14.7. And I looked, I saw down at the bottom of the update, there was another, they've added this little line that they added in the last one, also available, 14.7 public beta 1. So, um, uh, is is that going to be? Is that going to be? You've not put fourteen point six eight yet, have you? Oh, I wanted to put this in. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, <laughs> okay. We'll roll out fourteen seven public beta one just for you. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Come on, I have to be ahead of the curve. You know, I like to be you know one ahead of all the rest of you. Um, <laughs> so, and to go with that, by the way, um, there was also a Watch OS seven point six. Public beta 1 before 7.5 is rolled out, I think. And I've got a public beta of uh, OS 11.5 before um, 11.5. When I upgraded to the latest version of macOS, well, no, when I did my last update, I ended up with a folder on my desktop saying relocated items. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Um, With some configuration something in it. It's... I don't think a configuration most of it, folder. Nothing m- most of us care about, um, and it's just a bunch. I just of wondered why they chose to keep it on the desktop. That seems a strange thing. I assume that if you're a, you know, if you're, a Actually, sort, it's just a, it's a, it's a. What do they call them? It's a bunch of aliases, <sighs> basically. It's an alias. Yeah. yeah. Um, there to do this stuff in the system. I guess that is there so that if you are a developer or something, that you can see bits of the actual system components have been moved because some of them have moved into different places um because i think i I mean i've seen folders with you know software that won't work when you upgrade to a new the new the latest os i've seen that before but i've not i've not seen a relocated items folder before no that's sort of sort of new i don't i think it might have been i wonder whether it's a i wonder whether it's a mistake and they just they didn't actually intend to leave that there I don't know. It, yeah, or if they intended to have it be deleted. But I, I guess if you're a developer, it's handy to know because some of them are quite important. Yeah. Bits. But I say, this is a public release. So, yeah. So. I'm not on the basis. So. No, no. Yeah. But we are. Anyway, I'm not worried about it. I just thought it was strange. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> um, although I can't remember when it was, but there was a period when you used to do a, whenever you did an update, I can't remember what iOS it was, but for a while you would always end up with this um, folder on your desktop, which had some... Incompatible items. It was incompatible items, was wasn't it? it? The old one. Something yeah, like so. that. Um, so, I don't know. Um, but there you go. Apple seemed to have now moved to overlapping their, their public betas. Um, the same as they send me links all the time saying a new seed of um, a new seed of Safari whatever for Catalina is available. Well, no use to me, yeah. but because um, I'm on the beta, I suppose they, you know, I'm on the beta list. They send them all to me. There we are. Um, what else have we got? Um, oh, new. Yeah, Apple had a new privacy ad, which uh, I've seen, and I, you've watched it, haven't you, Steve? Yeah, I watched it. It's actually really good. It is, isn't it? It's it's very yeah. very good. Um, it's a new. It's a short ad. It's only about thirty seconds long, I think. Um, it's it's highlighting their ad tracking transparency, and uh, it's it's very amusing. Basically, the guy goes into a coffee shop and gets his coffee, and then the barista follows him, and then all these other people start following him and making suggestions or telling each other things about him. And then by the end of the day, when he gets home, his flat has got like about a hundred people all logging what he's doing. Um, and he picks up his phone and sees that, would you allow this to track you? And he presses no. And all these people just go poof, poof, poof and vanish. So it's a very, you know, it's quite hard hitting in a way because it's just making clear exactly how much you get tracked. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be quite effective as well because I think it's, they said something like 96% of people have turned off the app tracking anyway. Well, in, in the US, I think they said that only about 6%, yeah, 6, 4 or 6%, I can't remember which way around it is now, of people have actively turned on tracking. I think in the uh, EU it's a little bit higher. They're saying maybe 10% of people. Right. But, yeah. um, but it's not really it's surprising. Because it's, no, it's not surprising. Because it's not surprising. Yeah. Uh, well, and as I said, if people get asked, if you ask someone, do you want, is it okay if I track you across multiple sites? You say, no. No. Don't. It's not. It's not. So, um, yeah, uh, that's, what, that's why Facebook didn't want Apple to. Because, I mean, the, the wording is ask. Ask this app not to track you across multiple sites or something like that. Yeah. Um, and as I say, if you give people a choice, they'll say no. Yeah. They won't necessarily care if you don't ask them. <laughs> but if you do ask them, they'll say no. No. Why? What, what do you, you know, what, no. And they're making it, yeah, you know, uh, it's fairly if, hard here. If you, were, if, 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 you were, uh, if you were in a town centre and someone walked up to you and says, is it okay? Is it okay if I follow you for your rest of your shopping journey? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you well, say no. No, it's, it's not. not. Go away. Well, well, that's exactly what happens in this thing. And you know, by the end, he's got this huge crowd of people following him round. And he goes in. That's and, quite. Know, that is clever. And he yeah, goes. I'll have to watch that. Yeah. There's a bit where he goes in. I don't know. He's in a supermarket or a pharmacy or something, and the woman just hands him a, a tube of cream and says, "This will help with your personal itching." <laughs> <laughs> he's like so she knew before he actually got there yeah yeah it's like what yeah that's the whole point that's the whole point of it so it's it's excellent um worth a look i've got a link but you can find it on youtube i think it's on the apple um apple's youtube but um i've got a link to the apple insider uh who talk about it and have, they've got a you know they've got an embedded player of it so uh if you want to watch it what i say it's funny and it's to the point and very effective and as we were saying before the show um you know apple's advertising is usually very on point um 
they don't, you know, they're not on the whole prone to making gaffes with their um, with their advertising. So there we are. That's a very good advert, and it makes the point most uh, most clear. Um, rumours have su- uh, surfaced. Rumours, and we don't normally talk about rumours, but I thought this one might be worth talking about because it's a little bit different. Apple are rumoured to announce an all new eighth gen iPod Touch in the fall. Um, I've I've sort of heard rumblings about this because you know the iPod hasn't the iPod Touch hasn't had an update in what feels like forever. Um, it's yeah. almost like do they still make these? But they do. Um, although I'm not yeah, sure. Last... Yeah, sorry, Steve. Go on. I was thinking the last time they updated the iPod Touch was for Apple Arcade. I think wasn't it just to make it a bit more faster? Mm, yeah, right. possibly. I mean, it it hardly gets a mention. It's almost like the forgotten stepchild. Um, but it's still a nice gadget. I mean, as we were saying, it's a nice gadget. And I mean, Mac Jim has said in the Slack before that, you know, if he could get an iPod Touch that was basically on a par with his phone, but for less money, yes. he might be tempted to have an iPod Touch for the iOS side of it and to buy himself just a, you know, a cheapo dumb phone for actually making phone calls on and be done with it. Yeah. It was the, I've just remembered, because we were talking about this a little bit earlier, It wasn't it the location services that it hadn't got? Mm, I had, yeah. well, and it may yeah. have now, but at some point it hadn't got. Yeah. So you could, no, no GPS stuff or anything Oh, like yeah, it that. didn't have, yeah, it doesn't yeah. have, um, doesn't have GPS. I mean, it's not literally a phone with just the phone radio taken out, admittedly. Yeah. But then it's... It's just that that, that feature is actually quite useful. I mean, if they put in a... a um, a GPS and a way of tracking, then that adds an awful lot more apps to the yes. to its usability. Having said that, as a general sort of internet kind of device, it's absolutely brilliant. Yes, it is. Um, I, I haven't seen one in an age. I, I don't know if the, what size the latest one was. Do you know? Wasn't it round about? Wasn't it the same? Wasn't it similar to the five C? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, because. Uh, they got them in a CEX store by me, and they're about roughly about that size, yeah. Right, so about the size of a five, then. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I it's might be talking bit, out of my bottom. I think they're just a bit thinner <laughs> than the five, but about that form factor. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, well, it would be interesting if they decide to do that, because, as you say, they, have, they haven't exactly done a lot to it over the last, what, five years or so. No. It would be... So. Yeah. You know, if they if they were to spec it out with a, I don't know. I wonder. It'd be interesting to know, wouldn't it? How much? How many they sell? Yeah. I think what would be good as well is if they allowed you to pay your watch to it. I think that appeal to a younger audience for people with kids as well, and they want to do a fitness tracking. Oh, that's, that's true. Good. Yeah, that would be good, wouldn't it? Mm. If they kind of made it almost a phone without a phone in it. Um, yeah, like a lower the, lower entry cost, isn't it? Really, you can track yourself with the watch, can't you? So yeah. On, mm. on its own. So, yeah, that'd be a good idea. Then you get the GPS stuff without having to add any GPS circuitry. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Interesting I, I, idea. I, I, you know, um, images suggest that it's, um, you know, going to look like uh, like the current iPhones. It will come in colours. Um, we'll have the square-edged, you know. Yeah. Um, aesthetic. Uh, I don't know. It would be a... It would be a, a a bit of a surprise because it's almost like they've never actually killed the iPod, but they've done nothing with it. They've just let it kind of wither. Um, yeah, it, it would be all about the price, wouldn't it? Because I mean, you can pick up you can pick up some pretty competitively priced 
tens these days, can't you? Yes, true. Uh, iPhone ten, ten S's, and whatever. And uh, yeah, it would have to be competitively priced, otherwise I... they wouldn't be able to compete with themselves. <laughs> yeah. So that I don't know. It's one of those. Is it? I guess it could have a market. I mean, I I don't think anybody. Well, none of us for certain would go and buy an iPod Touch right now because you know it's like five years out of date or something. But yeah, um, it's all about the. Uh, it's all about whether it, it's all about because Apple will know how many they sell. It's all about the sales really, and if if they could make it ju- justify it really, mm. it might be just someone's wishful thinking. It could be or not. I don't know. There we go. It is a rumour, but uh, that was on iDrop News, um, and I think it's been reported elsewhere. So. Um, yeah, we'll see. We will see. I've got one. Um, uh, BGR have a report. Here's what it looks like when somebody uses an Apple AirTag to stalk you. Um, and they've got a, a piece here about what happens where they've, de- you know, they have deliberately um, done this, in effect. Um, and they're saying, you know, Apple have done their best to counter people being, you know, unwantedly tracked. This is to discourage tracking without your knowledge. Find my will notify you if an unknown air tag is seen moving with you over time. An air tag that isn't with the person who registered it for an extended period of time will play a sound when moved so you can find it. Um which we've seen. Um air, tog, air tag are found moving with you. The location yes. of this air tag can be seen by the owner. Mm. Yeah, it's good they actually put a bit of a map on there as well so you can show yeah. you where this actually tracked you, but well, that's really useful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it says here, it doesn't say it doesn't say run away at the end of it. <laughs> uh, users are presented with a screen which uh, relays when the air tag was detected with them, along with an option to disable this air tag and prevent it from sharing your location. Um, iOS will provide you with a map which highlights the extent of the air tags tracking as evidenced in this photo. Um, and yes, it shows. Um, I'm disappointed. There's. I'm disappointed. There's. There's no. Uh, self-destruct this uh, this air tag. <laughs> <laughs> cause, this, cause this air tag to self-explode, yeah. But, um, uh, but um, you know... No, people... I, I don't see what else they could have done, really. No, some people no. are saying, you know, it, that it, it, it takes... It was obviously going to be... Long, but... It was obviously going to be an issue, wasn't it? Because you're talking about tracking anything. Yeah. People will start to think, you know, oh, oh, what would happen if they track other people? And they still can if they haven't got iPad, iPhones, in all honesty. Well, yeah, but then that's always been a thing anyway, hasn't it? I mean, it, yeah, I think it's blowing up yeah. because, because Apple's doing it, isn't it? At the end of the yeah. day, yeah, and Apple actually tried to do something about it, so that you know it's not easy to use it to, you know, surreptitiously track somebody. Um, you know, I mean, if you were to use a tile or a tracker or one of those others um, that are available. They might not be as effective as a tracker as um, as Find My is, but um, there you go. It's an uh, interesting little read there, not very long, but uh, just shows you what happens if, uh, you know, a tracker is detected. Um, that's what it say here. While Apple's AirTag isn't stalker-proof, Apple did create a more thoughtful and security-minded product than you'll see from other rival tracking companies. Um, there you go. Uh, well, we've said that I mean, ever since they mentioned it, that at least Apple have done something about it being used. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Do something you don't want it to be doing. Um, and talking of uh, other things that, you know, thoughtful things that Apple have done, um, 
This says Apple rolls out a slew of new accessibility features to iPhone Watch and more. Um, this was on Ars Technica. Um, not all of this stuff is actually out yet, by the way. Um, but they've got new services include sign language tech support. Um, right. Yes. Uh, a bunch of new accessibility features coming to iPhones, iPads and the Apple Watch. Rolling out in the coming days, weeks and months. Uh, on May the 20th, they say they would launch, which is past now, of course, uh, will launch Sign Time, which allows people to communicate with the customer service representatives using sign language. Um, available initially in the US, the UK and France using American Sign Language, British Sign Language and French Sign Language, strangely enough. Um, mm. I took your advice. I took your advice. I've made my pointer bigger and I'm so happy that I have. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to make it On my it big huge. screen. Yeah, you don't have to make it giant. I haven't made it huge, I've just made it more noticeable. Yeah, just, well, that's good. You know, I have mine about, I don't know, 125% of the standard, because the standard on a high-res screen is actually pretty tiny. It is tiny, yeah. So mine's probably almost twice the size, but that's just about right. Well, you know, that, that's just a nice thing that you can do, isn't it? Um, yeah. Very Apparently, good. Apple are planning to roll out improvements to VoiceOver, uh, which, uh, which is the screen reader, of course. Um, VoiceOver will be able to read off the contents of a receipt in a more useful manner, apparently. Also, we'll oh. be able to describe the position of people and objects within a photo. In its newsroom oh, post, good. Apple provides the following as an example of VoiceOver might say. Slight right profile of a person's face with curly brown hair and smiley. Um, um, iPad OS will support third-party MiFi eye-tracking devices, um, which users with disabilities can use to control computing devices with their eyes. Um, and Apple... I could have done. I could have done with some more of these this week. So one of one of the things I've been busy at doing this week is uh, I. I think I told you before that um, the Mac Mini at church was getting showing its age a little bit, and I was yes. having problems updating software. So I bit the bullet and I bought a new eight gigabyte Mac Mini uh, with a two fifty six gig SSD. Uh, and on Thursday or when Thursday, I think it was last week. Uh, this yeah, last week I went down and get, got it all set up. But I, I ran into the same problem I had before. So when I plug in the screens, so I've got a screen immediately sort of uh, connected, sort of right by me. But I've also got two TVs at the front of the church. <laughs> and for some reason, it wouldn't actually see my screen. Could I remember how to swap the screens when you're setting it up? I'm not even sure whether you can. Um, and I literally had to have someone downstairs sh reading it to me because <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> see the screen uh, until it was actually set up. And then I could change the screens over so that I could actually have it on the screen nearest to me. Uh, but that, that was a bit of a pain. I could have done with some accessibility help with that. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. More, you know, more things. And the other one, um, not, not mentioned in this, but... Um... Steve's seen it as well, haven't you, Steve? There was some um, videos of uh, Apple apparently working on um, gesture controls for yeah. your watch so that you could do things by, like, uh, clenching your fist or pinching your thumb and forefinger together. And somehow, magically, the watch can detect these movements and uh, translate them into commands. 
Yeah, I was watching on YouTube. It's actually really, really useful. Um, you can move like the the pointer across the screen as if it's like kind of like a mouse, but like a circle one. They just move there around, and then it picks the options for you quite well, actually, by the looks of it. I've been watching uh, on uh, uh, Prime. I've been watching The Magicians. Oh yes, all fo- all five series of it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, and of course that's, that's it makes me think what you're talking about makes me think of the, you know the gestures they do with their hands. You know? Yes. <laughs> yes, it's um, it, yes, it's almost you can see <laughs> they do a lot of hand gestures, don't they, when they're doing their hedge magic? So, yes, uh, yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, that, that's also it's pretty, you know, it's pretty amazing because you know the strap has not got sensors or anything in it. They're somehow measuring through what sensors are in the watch now. Yeah, that is clever. You know, movements in your. I think they're using the green light in to, your wrist i suppose they 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 i think they're using the green light to you know detect movements of the muscles and tendons within your wrist and, uh, that's very clever they're dash clever these apple they're people d- damn clever yeah. damn clever at devs ah uh, there we go so uh, that was um nice as ever nice as ever to see apple you know concentrating on accessibility something they do really well i have to say yeah, I gotta say, I'm quite surprised they haven't put um, like closed captions on a uh, iPhone. Like, because I know Google offer that as standard, so you can if you you can listen to or watch something on your phone on an Android and not have any sound, and you can actually watch the words live com- like a live caption. I'm surprised Apple hasn't actually put that on as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, isn't it? Um, because um, at our smug, we found out that you could do closed captioning in Zoom. Um, yeah. And uh, so we, you know, opted to turn that on in in our Zoom meetings because you know some of our some of our members are you know slightly older and nice. Right. To... Yeah, my kids were doing um, Google Meets during lockdown last year, and um, I found that. So I was telling the teachers because obviously they were having pl- proper trouble with their mic, some of them, and I was like, "We'll just turn that on, and that helps as well." It's it's really handy use feature. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Uh... Come on, Apple, get that done. <laughs> yeah. True. Um. <laughs> Apple, of course, uh, we haven't even mentioned this. Apple have uh, said that um, Apple Music will be getting access to uh, lossless music and spatial audio, apparently. Um, And this is not going to be, as was, you know, uh, rumoured, you know, a a premium tier or, um, you know, an an extra paid feature or whatever. They're just rolling it out if you're... um, if you use Apple Music, you will have access to lossless, um, lossless music and spatial audio where available. Because here is a little bit of a rub. Um, apparently, due to uh, you know a, a limitation in the Bluetooth used uh, with AirPods, this feature will currently not be available to AirPods, uh, even AirPods Max. Um, so there you go. That's your 550 quid's worth of uh, AirPods Max. Yeah, that that rather <laughs> defeats the object of buying something that, you know, sounds really good <laughs> if you take away the best quality music. Although, yeah. t- to be honest, um, if you read the article, it's Forbes, and I know we're not necessarily a big fan of Forbes. They can be really quite negative. But, you know, in this one, it's quite an informative piece. Um, and they say, you know, in reality, the difference between a uh, AAC, which is Apple's audio codec, and ALAC, which is Apple lossless audio codec, is pretty much inaudible for most people. Um, yeah. I guess, the you know, if they can't do spatial audio uh, 
two to the AirPods with that. That might be a that might be a bit of a blow. But um, they do say that Apple are possibly experimenting with being able to uh, use AirPlay to um, to get lossless music to AirPods. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think they're gonna have to do something for all the people who bought the AirPods Max, isn't it? Oh, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, plug a cable in. <laughs> <laughs> plug it in. Yeah. Well, apparently that you can't even really you can't do that with um, with AirPods Max because they don't have an audio jack. Oh dear. Whoops. No, it's a lightning connector, <laughs> I believe. It's a lightning connector. Ah, right. Uh, um, <laughs> so you you know it's all a bit all a bit weird. There we are. Um, I don't have AirPods Max or AirPods or care about lossless music, to be honest. <laughs> no, yeah, no, nor me. So I, I've been having some fun with my AirPods. So I think I probably mentioned that I was having problems with the batteries. And yeah. um, I was getting sort of only about 20 minutes on the left ear AirPod. So, and they're first generation AirPods. They're not the, uh, not the AirPods Pro. And uh, so I took them into my local Apple um, reseller. I, I, well, I, I contacted Apple first, and they did some tests. And they said, "Yeah, you, you'll you'll need to take them to an engineer." So I took it took it in. They had it for a few days. While they'd got it, I tried out a few alternatives. So I ordered a pair of um, oh Soundcore Soundcore Liberty Liberty Airs. So there's the Liberty Air Pros as well. But I didn't I didn't order the Pros. I just ordered the Liberty Airs. But I've never. I found the sound quality was not what I thought it would be. It was quite all the, it gives you lots and lots of um, EQ in it. And I just found them all a little bit sort of high pitched and a little bit for me, tinny, but I've never also never really got on within the ear headphones, you know, ones that go right in your ear. Right. Uh, and I think it might've just been, you know, me not wearing them properly or something or anyway, I gave up with those and sent them back to Amazon and they gave me a refund. That was very nice. But I also had another look on Amazon and I managed to find a pair of BC Master. So BC Master, I guess, are Chinese because these were quite cheap. They were £22.97, I think. So not as cheap as your cheap ones. <laughs> Which never Sorry. arrived, by the way. My super oh, cheap, right, they yeah. never arrived. I never got them. Oh, oh shame. <laughs> so, uh, so I tried them out. and Actually, they're not bad. They're not bad. They're not, they haven't quite got the, so I'm like you, I'm not that fussed about, I'm mostly listening to podcasts and I don't really care that much about really good, high quality sound. Um, you can tell there is a difference between them and the AirPods. The AirPods have a little bit more depth to the sound. I don't mean low frequencies. I just mean somehow yeah. they, they, they've got a little bit more presence, the AirPods, but, but the difference is I could live with the difference. It, it, it's really not that different. Um, so I think I'm just going to carry on using these BC Master ones because they, they work and they've got much longer battery life than... They, oh, well, they said they could have repaired them. They would It would have cost me 70-odd quid to have them repaired. And even then, they might not sound quite like they did because of the wear in the other AirPod. So, <laughs> so, so they're repairing one. Yeah, so I, I thought, well, you know, yeah, what's the what's the point? What's the point of doing that, really? Uh, or I could just buy, you know, the new AirPods Pro. But then, as I say, I don't get on well with the in-ear ones. No. So I've, these BC Master ones are very similar to the. Some people would call them iPhone, uh, iPod knockoffs. I'm sure, um, but 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 they work okay. 
So that's what I'm going to stick with. BC Master and then some weird number after it. I can't remember what it was. And how much were they? £22.97. There you go. There you go. Rather, yeah, so they'll rather do me for now. <laughs> rather less than the uh, rather it. less than seventy quid, yeah, yeah. definitely, and I certainly just... less than one hundred and seventy or whatever it is for new AirPods. Yeah, did uh, you didn't consider pod swap then? That pod we... swap. Pod oh, sw- uh, yes, you, I guess you mentioned that, didn't you? No, I didn't. No, no. no. the people who say that they can, t- you know, and I think they're doing it for less take, than that. Take them to pieces. Yeah. yeah, send you. Well, they send no, you. No, I did, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I thought that these uh, these sec- these uh, PC Master ones were sufficiently good for me not to worry about them too much. Yeah. Why not? And carry on listening to me podcasts when I'm out walking. Yeah, I, th- I think to be honest, the air fo- uh, sorry, the headphones and earbuds and everything they've improved dramatically. I went through a phase. I think it was the end of 2019. I bought several different versions just to try them out. And the cheaper ones these days are just as good, if not better, in some aspects. Yeah, and they're they're touch sensitive, just like the AirPods were. They 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 pair really, really solidly. Um, uh, they're almost as good as the ones with the W one chip. You know, they're 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 no problem getting connected to. Um, So yeah, I'm going to stick with those for now. Well, why not? Why not? That's good, good, good to know. I mean, you know, I. I don't have anything against AirPods per se, except that I'm not prepared to pay that much money for, you know. Yes, they are expensive. Stick yeah. in my ears. For what they are. Um, I'm sure they're lovely, but, and also, you know, that the original uh, AirPods, with, you know, the ones that are on a cable, that they never stayed in my ears anyway, so... Oh, so that would be a yeah, that would be an issue. I've never had any problem. I've obviously got weird enough ears for them to work fine with. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there we are. Um, what else have we got? Oh, um, CCC six is here with faster backups, better accountability, dark more, and dark mode, and much more. Um, this is obviously from uh, Mike Bombick himself uh, on his Jolly site. Good. Uh, we've had many new features in the oven for a while, and we're ready to share it with the world. CCC6 offers unprecedented accountability for backups, in time, insight into what's changing on your Mac, uh, a brand new file copier which is faster, smarter, and designed to adapt to Apple's fast pace of OS and file system innovation. Um, it says here, faster backups with the next generation file copier. Quick update your backups up to 20 times faster. Redesigned interface with dark mode. Real-time task performance info and estimated time remaining. Nice. Um, Snapshot navigator to explore older versions of files. Um, Excellent. Um, Apparently apparently it uses an Apple API to... um to check whether things have been updated or not. So it doesn't have to go and check all the files. Yes. You know, before it would have to physically go out and it, check it, what It had to read through. Run through files. everything. Yes, literally. Yeah. But um, now, and now, apparently them. now it's much faster. Yeah. It, it literally had to, um, because if you did a, you know, even the smart update, it still has to read all the files to see if they're. Um, yes. So it uses macOS FS events service for a list of folders modified on the source. In other words, it it's got a list. It's got a list of what's updated, and it just updates the list. So that's very sensible. Very yep. good. Uh, especially I think for I'll tasks. The upgrading. <laughs> yeah. Um. A whole load. Whole load of uh, features. And um, like like we reported, uh, I think the last was it last show. You know, Super Duper. Um, had a, you know released a version which said can now do boot bootable clones of Big Sur and M1 and all the rest. Um. Again, 
David Nanian said, you know, this is down to Apple because they fixed the tool that you need to make a bootable clone. So there we go. So rejoice, CCC users. Mike has a new yeah. version out. Um, Hooray. Hooray. <laughs> and all, lots of goodies. Lots of lovely new features. Um, and we're kind of coming to the end now. Um, we've been going a little while anyway. So uh, just a few to wrap it up, as it were. Um, Internet Explorer is dead, says Giant Freaking Robot. Um, not actually dead quite yet, but... Microsoft have finally said uh, IE will be obsoleted uh, in the middle of 2022. So, What will people do without the internet? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't the internet under that blue button? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, yes, very much. Um, about time, I suppose. Um, they've had their... Uh, they've... They've had their issues, haven't they, with the Internet Explorer over the years? They have, they have. Although, you know, to be fair, it's been going for, what, 26 years, I think, now? Yeah, 26 years, gosh. Um, You know, 95, it was introduced with Windows 95, I think. Um, pretty sure it was. I do say in here. Uh, and as yeah, they back say, back in the days when we were, back in the days when we were all using Next Netscape Navigator. What yep. was the other one? Uh, well, um, oh, I can't remember. Uh, uh, Navigator and um, no, it's gone. I can't think. No, I can't think either. Um, there were a couple, weren't there? Definitely mainstream ones. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Began with an M, and I've gone completely blank now. All I can think is Mozilla, but it wasn't Mozilla. Um, yeah. Anyway, there we go. Uh, <laughs> whatever. It's a long our time brains, ago. Our memory's letting us down. Our memory is there. <laughs> Netscape Navigator. Um, yeah. Uh, there we are. Microsoft announcing they are shuttering it for good. As of next year, the Internet Explorer will be no more. Um uh, mosaic, I think, wasn't it? Was it mosaic? Mosaic. Mosaic. Yes. See. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know well done, Steve. Name. Well done, Steve. Well done. I was trying to think then. Yeah. Yeah. I used to use mosaic, so I ought to know what it was, but I'd gone completely blank. Um, there we are in the days when browsers were very simple indeed, and so was the. Web. I thought you were. I thought you were going to say real browsers then. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. Um. Snap has debuted some true AR glasses showing the potential and limitations of AR. Uh, this was on Ars Technica. Um, we were talking about this before the show. Uh, they've introduced these AR spectacles. And um, as it says, these are not really for um, mass consumption. Uh, the field of view is quite small, so you can see how limited it is when you view the examples in the promotional video, uh, which is on the page. Um, Everybody seems to be, you know, still convinced that AR is going to be the next big thing. Um, so, yes, Snap have produced some spectacle AR spectacles. Uh, apparently, at the moment, they, they only run for 30 minutes on a, on a battery charge. Um, I suspect these are aimed really at developers. These are going to be aimed yeah. at people who want to start working on... Um, have, you see, have you seen a picture of them? Yes, there's a picture on the on the site there. Yeah, um, it looks just like someone up the nineties. Gotta be fair. Yeah. <laughs> they do look a little bit, yeah. They're a little bit square and sit very flat on the head, don't they? Yeah, mm. they're, they're like, um, yeah. I don't know what to describe them as. They're very flat, aren't they? 
Um, yes. It's like although, when you go to the cinema to watch the 3D films and things Yeah, like they're not as... Although yeah, not, they are a bit like that. Yeah, They're not as ugly as you, you know, as some of the sort of projected things I've seen. And they do... Um, they do feature... What is it? Um, what, what are they called? T- twin waveguide see-through lenses or something? I forget what they called it here. Um, there we are. Uh, they're 100, weigh 134 grams and are among the most compact of AR glasses. The Two waveguide optical see-through displays feature 2,000 nits of brightness, so the image can be clear outdoors in the sunlight. Um, hmm. A 15 millisecond motion-to-photon latency is not perfect, but it's close enough to make the experiences appear generally accurate and impactful. Um, hmm. Cameras are used to capture footage of the real world from the user's point of view. Lenses are then applied and the finished video, which combines the video capture with virtual effects, can be saved or published to other people. Oh, there you go. I would have thought I would have thought that glasses are crying out, really, for um, apart from the technologies of being able to see, I would have thought that the glasses are really crying out for um, solid-state batteries. Yeah. And while we're still on the, you know, but all the stories were still on the on the on the edge of solid state batteries. Um, it could be in the next few years we might start to see something, but where, where the battery life is reasonable. Um, as it says in the article, though, it, it's it's some of the other technologies that are um, difficult to scale. Yeah, um, it, it it does. It explains in here. You know, some of these problems, have, you know, have been around for years um, with the exact same limitations the most significant recent breakthrough in ar have been related to software and cost whilst r&d teams continue to battle the same long-standing hardware hurdles um which are mostly to do with the physics of optics to be honest yeah uh-huh. yeah and and as they say getting a field of view on a on a screen that close to your face is actually um very challenging thing to do so that's right, because I mean, ideally, what you want is them to curve a little around your face, but then the distance from your face changes. Uh, so yeah, I can see why that would be hard. <laughs> yeah. So I'd find that hard, and I, yeah, yeah, but then I find most things hard. Walking's probably quite difficult, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So uh, yeah, interesting. Nevertheless, uh, it would be you know, I think the field of view is only about twenty-three degrees or something, which is pretty much straight ahead to be honest yeah um, that, that's a, quite a limitation isn't it because our, our viewing field of views are 170 something degrees is it something like that i think give or take um it's a lot more than like 23 degrees <laughs> that's basically looking yeah. straight ahead only to yeah. be honest uh there we are but you know small steps small steps one thing at a time you know, Rome wasn't built in a day yep. and all that stuff. That's right. If anyone's going to come with the breakthroughs, it's going to be Apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what comes first, or the Apple car or the Apple glasses? Well, mm. who knows? Who knows, indeed. Ah, uh, right. So we'll, I think we'll wrap it up now with the last three, which is some uh, little security and privacy stories. Um, there's one here on Wired UK, which is an interesting article. How to bypass and block infuriating cookie pop-ups from Wired UK, as I say. Um, rather ironically, because in the article they talk about different sorts to- of annoying pop-ups and navigating choices which are, you know, complex and have a load of switches and things that are not clear what they're supposed to do. Uh, that's exactly what you get at Wired UK, by the way. But it's a good read once you get past that, all right? And it's got some handy hints for uh, a variety of um, applications that can help. 
Um, oh, look, and I've, I've gone. Safari cannot open the page because Wired cannot be opened because you have a content blocker. Thank you. <laughs> dear, oh, dear. When they're actually talking about content blockers. Um, cookie consent pop-up started in 2018 and partly the fault of GDPR. This was supposed to make it easier for people to understand and control how they are tracked. In reality, however, it has just made the internet ever more unusable. Um, I think so, that's a fair point. Yes. Um, so they are talking here about some uh, different uh, options. There's uh, a firm called Privacy Cloud. Um, um, what have we got where we've got one called Consentomatic, an open source browser extension for Chrome and Firefox, uh, which available from GitHub, which automatically fills in your preferences when cookie pop-ups appear. Uh, it actually submits a legally valid consent response to the website so you can be confident, although not quite 100%, that the answer the extension gives for you is actually abided by. Um, Privacy Cloud has created a similar open source extension consent manager. This system declines all cookies where possible to do so and flags if a website doesn't respect your choice. Um, Ninja Cookie does a similar thing and rejects all cookies by default. This is not open source and has a premium tier. It does have extensions for Chrome, Firefox, Edge, uh, Safari and Opera. Uh, Privacy Cloud and Ninja Cookie say they collect no data on your behaviour. Um, and a popular cookie blocker out there is I Don't Care About Cookies, which has been around since 2012. Um, it doesn't necessarily protect your privacy in the same way as the examples above. Its purpose is simply to get rid of the pop-ups and it simply blocks or hides cookie pop-ups. Um, that's only available on Chrome. Uh, and they've got some other uh, some other suggestions to help you avoid, you know, the annoying damn do you accept our cookies uh, pop-ups. And uh, last couple, uh, Facebook still secretly tracks your iPhone, and this is how to stop it, again from Forbes. Uh, basically, this is uh, based around the fact that when you upload um, a photograph to Facebook, they uh, are quite happy to uh, suck all the EXIF data up and use that uh, against you, as it were, um, as most photos are, of course, taken from your mobile. Um, they will have GPS data on where the photo was taken. Um, uh, so Forbes here have an article about um, what you should do about that, which is basically probably strip the EXIF data before you upload photographs to Facebook or Instagram, or in my case, don't have anything to do with either of them in the first place. Um, interesting read there from Forbes, I must say. Uh, tells you quite a lot about how Facebook, uh, you know, continue to suck data from you, even if they can't track you in the most obvious ways. Um, I don't think there's a lot to say about that, is there, chaps? Anybody got anything to say about either of those? Not really. I think they're going to try the hardest to track you, no matter what, don't they? Let's be fair. Well, yeah, they are. They definitely are. Um, they most definitely are because that's worth, you know, worth. That's where they get their money. Um, as for the cookie, it's as if, it's as if we're all Pac-Men. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they're the ghosts. And, as, you know, as for the cookie pop-ups, um, yeah, it would be nice if you could have a cookie which basically said, these are my preferences, and if you, you know, turn off everything that is not necessary. Thank you very much. And by the way, 
legitimate interest is not a valid <laughs> needs to be on. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. You just have to tick the don't be evil box. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. No, if only, if only we could have. Eventually, I guess maybe somebody will come out with something that effectively does that for you and then allows you to fill in your preferences and then automatically send them to bloody websites you visit. There we are. Yeah, the only trouble is, of course, is that website creators are clever enough to just try and find a different way of doing it. <laughs> so you'd have to be updating it all the while. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Um, and this one comes from Dougie, um, our, you know, resident uh, security and uh, digital forensics man. Uh, a researcher develops a tool which wipes an Android phone if someone tries to crack it. And here's how it works. Uh, this is on a site I've not heard of called TexExcite. Uh, basically, um, this researcher developed a tool, as you might think, which does exactly what it says on the tin, which is, you know, if somebody tries to break into your phone, your Android phone, it wipes the contents, uh, much as, you know, the Apple 10 failed uh, password attempts. Um, uh, the app detects an incorrect game. It responds immediately to the device's factory setting with a device administrator control just as some Androids offer to reset the device to factory settings after some certain number of invalid attempts at the password. Um, this is designed to run on Android 9 Pi or later. Um, it does say later in there, if you think uh, that you can simply download this lockup app yourself and install it on your Android phone, it's not that easy. The developer Berg says he's avoided adding all of the code bits needed to build the application because he does not want it to make it easy that it could be easily used to avoid criminal charges. My goal was to help support research into forensic tools to show how that they are not aware, uh, immune to their own software problem. Um, which kind of spins off a bit from uh, the story we had about Signal hacking his Celebrate device and um, yeah. spiking it, <laughs> effectively. Um, it's an interesting read, though. An interesting, not very long, not very long. Um, he obviously built it and made it work, but um, all of the parts to build it for yourself from GitHub are not actually available there. I had real fun this week. I had real fun this week with, um, I'm going to have a little rant about British gas. Oh, dearie me. British gas. I, I, so I don't get my gas from British gas, but I do. they do service my boiler. They fitted my boiler and service my boiler. They've got an app that doesn't work. <laughs> They've got a website that doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah, I've been trying to book an appointment with them and then I eventually rang them and it's almost impossible to get through to anybody. Oh dear. That is <sighs> that is And a breeze. Yes, I was gonna say that is has become the curse of the internet because you ring up anybody or almost anybody in an attempt to get through to somebody, to talk to somebody about something, and all you get yes. is the answer to most of common problems are available on our website. No, why not download yeah. our app in order to manage this, that, and the other? It's like that's right. I've already done I've that. I've done all that. <laughs> right. I need to speak to somebody. Um, well, know. I did eventually get to speak to somebody. Oh, I tell you what, the thing that really annoyed me—they've got one of these speech recognition systems. So they ask you lots and lots of questions, and you have to answer them. And it and it was fine until it got to my date of birth, and it asked me for my date of birth, but it didn't tell me what format it wanted my yeah. date of birth in so i gave it my date of birth in a six-digit format and it then put me through to somebody <laughs> <laughs> so what was the point of going through all that 
theory, mate. Oh, dear. It's yeah, hopeless. Many of them. Yeah, I, I, I hate call centres. Uh, call centres just seem to have become a um, a norm for almost everything. And the idea is you get a call centre, you then put in not enough people to cover the number of calls that you have to deal with. And people end up having to wait and sit and work through menus. And everyone hates this. I know. <laughs> why, do, why do companies do it? Awful. Everyone hates it. Everybody hates it. It's detestable. Um, uh, I have to say, uh, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry, British Gas. You get an F. Yeah, F for effort there. Um, yeah, it's. Um, I have to say, if you um, the the best ones, and there aren't many, but the best ones, and I think I think last time I phoned Apple, they they do this. It says like you are, you know, in a queue. If you do not wish to hold, right, like press one, and we'll ring you back. Yes. Um, you know, and I think we, I may have mentioned it before, but We Queue for You app is really good as well. If if you know you're going to be sitting waiting in a queue for a long time um, on your mobile phone, then use We Queue for You. W E Q number four U. Right. Uh, and basically, you dial through that, and they do the waiting for you. Uh, what, All you have to do is keep the yeah. You just keep the We Queue for You app open, and then they ring you back. Well, it comes up on your phone. So you don't have to sit listening to inane music. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, that's weak. And it, it uses oh. your, uh, yeah, and it uses your, um, it just uses your normal minutes. So there's no extra cost or anything. Excellent. Useful little app. Yeah. I will uh, put the link to that and I'll put that in then. That's the, uh, you know, worth a chirp for this week then. Worth a chirp. Unfortunately, it wouldn't have helped me on this occasion. But <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but but, uh, but if yeah, but if you do go into queuing systems, then that's a very useful app. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I have to say, I do like the ones where they basically say, just you know, press one and we'll call you back. You know. Um, yeah. But you don't get that's effectively of those, what this does. You know, you don't get that. Oh, that's what you mean, built in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Um, Apple will do it. You know, you press the whatever it says, press such and such now, and we'll ring you when it's when you're slot they call you it's um much more pleasant than sitting there for 20 minutes waiting for somebody to pick the phone up the other one i hate i don't know if you you well we all hate them we all hate them but with a passion but the worst ones are the ones where they they play you some music hold music and then you get a ringtone you know so you think it's going you know somebody's going to pick it up and then it goes back to the music you know go, yeah, yes and then back to yeah. the music and it's like you're just giving me false hope you're just annoying me now. That's right. Or, or, or they say, I'll put you through. You speak to somebody and they put, say, I'll put you through. And it rings four different ringtones. And then the, the last person who picked it up is the person you originally spoke to. Yeah. Oh, no. All sorts. It's horrible. Yeah. Call queuing systems as a whole of the spawn of the devil, in my opinion. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Most definitely. Right. Well, chaps, I think we've done enough now. I think we've covered most of the stories. Um, so we'll, we'll wrap up, uh, Nick, do you want to tell people where you're not? Uh, yeah, I'm not very often on, uh, Twitter, uh, as uh, Spligosh, S-P-L-I-G-O-S-H. Um, and you can hear me over on Bart Show occasionally. Um, and that's about it really. 
uh, and of course your the, the things you talk about you know your church uh shenanigans oh, yes. can oh, be yes, found we, on the we had a we had, we, uh, it can yeah we had a we had a live service for the first time this morning when they're back at church that's good uh but it was still streamed excellent I was ju- I was juggling fifteen million things at the same time as you do when you're live streaming. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Excellent. Well, the link the link to the Sutton Park circuit is in the um, you know in the show notes. Uh, yeah, you can um, see how badly I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you did fine. I'm sure you did fine, Nick. Uh, Steve. Uh, you can find me on geekscorner.info, where I put most of my blogs, and also on Twitter at geekcorner underscore UK. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, and as you probably all know, you can find me on the Twitter as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Uh, all of us, of course, are in the Slack room. Link to join the Slack room is in the show notes. You just click it and you'll be sent straight into our Slack room where you can join in with the lunacy there. Um, all the stuff is on EssentialApple.com, of course, and uh, I think I've mentioned this, but we are now available on Amazon Music. You can ask the A-Lady to uh, play Essential Apple on uh, Amazon Music. You know, Essential Apple Podcast on Amazon Music, and you can listen to us on your Echo. So there we are. Um, of course, you can also you can also say play Essential Apple Podcast on Apple Music. Uh, sorry, not on Apple Music, uh, on Apple Podcast. Oh, well, of course you can. Yes, except at the moment uh, on, on the A Lady. Shall we? Yeah, shall we not go into the fact that since they've done this new thing, that um, often it takes several days for your podcast to show up in Apple Podcasts when it turns up on everywhere oh. else within minutes of you posting. Oh right, no, I didn't know that. Yes, you can you can rant about that next time if you wish. <laughs> we'll let you. <laughs> I think it was I think it was Apple Insider. I think it was Apple Insider right. who was saying that um they, they were getting people contacting them saying where's where's my Monday morning Apple Insider because it you know it didn't show oh, that's up. That's not so good, is it? Didn't show up for about forty eight hours after they put it out out because the way Apple is now crawling the doing something with the way that they whereas before it simply picked up the rss the same as everybody else yes. um yeah. and then feeds it out to the you know be, be it overcast or or whatever and just said you know a new version you know a new episode is now available um they're doing something different which involves doing something with their own servers and this means it's taking much longer um yeah. whether whether they'll That's fix that good. or not i don't know um I hope they do because I, th- I think that's you know not good for well, anybody. Considering the considering the attention they've just given to podcasts, you would think yes, you would. Mm. But uh, you know there were a lot. I mean, there's quite a lot of things wrong with their new podcast app at the minute. Like for example, the links don't work. You if you put a load of links in your show notes, they don't work. Oh dear. Unless you put them in as oh. the full like HTTPS, you know. Oh right. And all no, that gubbins. Very good either, the sort it? of links we all use, which is like, you know, follow us on Twitter here. Yes. With an embedded URL. They don't work in the in the podcast app. Oh dear, Apple. Oh, all a bit <laughs> yeah, all a bit, you know. Pe- people want, you know, if you <laughs> listen to some of the Apple podcasts, people have been bemoaning the state of the new improved Apple podcast app. Oh right, I must have missed that. It's pretty broken, or was, you know. I don't know if they've fixed any of it now. I don't use the Apple Podcast app, really. Only occasionally to look at um, 
you know, look at our posts to make sure they look all right. Um, yes. There we go. Yeah, I use Pocket Cast. I'm going to be fair. It's, it's much better. Mm. Well, I, I yes, use I, a, use over, I use Overcast. Yeah, so yeah. do I. I use Overcast. Um, and I I put the show for what it's worth. You can see it in the show notes, but we are available on a huge array of services that um, provide provide you with podcasts, um, all sorts of people. Spread liberally, liberally about the internet. It is, yes. Um, you know, anywhere that, pretty much anywhere that takes podcasts, um, we're there. Um, apart from Stitcher, because I can't get Stitcher to recognise anything after episode 154. Um, <laughs> How strange. Uh, I think that might have something to do with when... Um, Mark and I moved uh, hosts. I'm not sure right. exactly, um, but I I can't update Stitcher because it's probably in Mark's name, and um, they won't take any notice of my emails. So <laughs> you can Fair find enough. us on Stitcher, but only episodes <laughs> up to 154. <laughs> After that, you're out of luck, or maybe you're in luck. Depends on how you want to view it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So with that, um, I think we'll, you know, we'll sign off um, and we'll go over to John to play us out from the hardware store um, and we should be back next week. So until then, it's goodbye from us. Bye. Bye. Take it away, John. We received three power-related products from a company called Excel, A. Double C E double L A C C E L L. Their website is A C C E L L W W A double C E double L double W dot com. Excel W dot com. I'm going to leave the most interesting product for last. I'm going to start with the most versatile. The first product is called the Excel Power three in one fast wireless charger. You plug a USB-C cable into the back of the unit and then you have a USB flat USB-A at the other end. You can plug into any USB conventional power source and on the front there is a flat angled segment that you'll see on our show notes here at Essential Apple from Nemo's hardware store and you just set your iPhone in there and it will charge wirelessly. Nice design. And your iPhone sets right in there. There's even a little fan to keep it cool. How about that? Because heat is the enemy of charging. Then a peculiar-looking blob with a lightning tip sticking up from a little concave crater. And that is to power your AirPods. And below that, there's a little oblong base that you power your Apple Watch. So when they call it 3-in-1 Fast Wireless Charger for your smartphone, Apple Watch, and AirPods from ExcelWW.com. Price in the U.S. is $45, and I know Simon will do his best to get U.K., European, and Oceania links for purchases for our listeners worldwide. So if you have the AirPods, the watch, and the iPhone... You can charge all of them at once or in any combination using the 3-in-1 fast wireless charger from Excel. The unit I have comes in white. It's also available in black. It's quite lightweight, and it works very efficiently, as you would expect. 
The website has good details on all three of these products from our show note links. Second item also comes in black and white. We received the white unit. This has a very, very thick AC surge protector rated power cable, and it's a cube, two and a half inches in every direction. And there are six USB-A ports, four and two in two different locations, three AC outlets. So they call this the Excel Power Cube two-in-one power combo with three protected AC outlets and six USB-A charging ports and a six-foot surge-protected AC cable. Clever design, because no matter how you turn it, you'll be able to see the USB and the power outlets. This is $55 in the U.S., and again, Simon will do his best to find the international pricing. Incredibly versatile, being able to have three power outlets and six USB ports on a relatively modest size and stable and well-designed and built surge-protected cube from Excel, the Power Cube 2-in-1 Power Combo. And again, look at the pictures on their websites about how they handle their surge protection and all the other features from Excel. The third item is my favorite because it is so adorable, and it comes in one, two, three, four, five, six colors. Variations on white, blue, red, yellow, pink, and softball. Oh, they made it designed like a softball, like a baseball. That's pretty funny. Okay, so this is more round than cubish. It's called the Excel Power Cutie, C-U-T-I-E. The Excel Power Cutie compact surge protector with three surge protected outlets and four USB charging ports for $36 in the U.S. So it's similar to the cube we just mentioned, the second item, except it's a lot more attractive, a lot more stylish, and it definitely will be a conversation piece on your desk, whether you're in the school, lab, office, workshop, wherever you happen to be, a studio, and a retail counter. This thing is adorable. It's got a nice flat bottom, sits there securely, depending on which side you're looking at. You've got your AC and your USB outlets. That's the Excel Power Cutie compact surge protector with three surge protected outlets and four USB charging ports, $36, several different colors available. When you plug in either of their surge protectors, a little light says protected, showing that the surge feature is working to keep any power zapping from damaging your precious gear. That does not apply to the three-in-one item we mentioned first, the one for the iPhone, the watch, and the AirPods, because that does not have a thick surge protector cable. But the other two do, the Cube and the Cutie. So please look at our links in Essential Apple for Nemo's hardware store for this episode to see the pictures, read about these brand new products from Excel, A-C-C-E-L-L-W-W.com, Excel Power. It's called the Excel Corporation from Fremont, California. That's their headquarters. They will be glad to provide you with additional information from their website for these and their other surge-protected products. Back next week from Nemo's Hardware Store. (laughs) 
You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club podcast, the geekiest show ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Shots and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I forgot. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Some people like their live casts to be informative, to the point, provocative, and timely. The Mac to the Future live cast is some of those things, but we won't say which ones. Join Dave Ginsberg, Guy Searle, and Warren Sklar for a weekly dose of Apple Fun every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over on Facebook or in the Mac to the Future Facebook group. Listening, and we hope to see you next time.